This is BBC Radio 4. BBC Radio 4 presents Ornithology Taught Rationally, Volume 14. I'm Forsyth Mercer, and it gives me great pleasure to welcome you to OTR Volume 14. On this program, we will be featuring a provocative documentary by L.B. Waltz as we delve into the fascinating yet frightening world of cross-species pathogens. As we have learned previously on OTR, the risk to humans of contracting diseases transferred to them by birds remains high. Avian flu, for example, even in the time of the coronavirus, remains a threat to our health. These diseases are scientifically referred to as zoonotic. Zoonotic diseases associated with birds include avian tuberculosis, erysipelas, orinthosis, cryptococcosis, hyptoplasmosis, salmonellosis, among many others. But we must acknowledge that humanity has much to learn about the effects of germ interactions between humans and our feathered avian friends. Are the effects merely physical, or can there be deeper psychological effects? Perhaps, as we'll learn in this documentary, the effects might even border on the existential. And so, OTR now presents in its entirety the documentary by L.B. Waltz, appropriately titled Zoonotic. About time you got here. I... Sorry? <laughs> yes. Yes, you probably should be. I didn't realise I was expected. Well, that's just silly. Where else would you have gone? <laughs> Question for the ages, that. I did rather expect to be somewhere else, though. Somewhere warmer, perhaps? It's summer in the city. I'm hot enough, thanks. Though it's... it's very white here, isn't it? 
That would be the gentrification. I know, I... Well, yes, but... That's not what I meant. I meant the buildings and, and the streets and the, the sky and... It's, it's hard on the eyes. It's hard to see. It is very bright here, yeah, true. Not to worry, your eyes will... <laughs> You'll adjust. In the meantime, you may as well sit down, uh... Annaline. Annaline Burke. <laughs> A pleasure. Make yourself comfortable and all that. What, on the pavement? Where else? In front of... of that? Oh, come now. You can barely see it through the flock. There's bits everywhere. Oh, more than bits. We can try to eat faster, though, if the bits really bother you that much. You can also just stand there forever. It makes no difference to me. Ugh, oh, this is what I get for trying to dress nicer, I suppose. That's better, isn't it? Sure. No need to suffer unduly, I always say. Not sure how much stock I put into that philosophy anymore. <laughs> now, now. There is a difference, my dear, between unjust suffering and consequence. <laughs> yes. But that difference is generally dependent on how much power or influence a person has. And how much of that do you think I have in my pockets? You don't appear to have pockets. Exactly. So you'll pardon me if I don't take to heart the words of the... the bird who appears to be my judge, jury and executioner. I am none of those things. Right, of course you're not. Next you'll be telling me you're not a crow either. I'm not. Uh-huh. Well, I rather thought all of you had finally arrived, but it seems we may still be waiting on your mats. Fine. I'll just leave you be until they find their way here, shall I? Is it... Is it weird that this is bringing back memories? What is? The... the roadkill. It's not quite deja vu, but this isn't my first time seeing roadkill. Not even roadkill this big. Hmm. I'm not surprised. Rudeness aside, you are handling yourself quite admirably, especially considering the gore and the psychological damage. They used to be deer. In my hometown. Common in the countryside. I used to think they must be suicidal. It made no sense to me otherwise. The way they'd freeze up. How they'd just stop. Like, if you see something bad, some oncoming truck or whatever, move, get out of the way, do something. If you think about it, it's a laughably easy situation to rectify if you put in a modicum of effort. But no. The dumb animals just stand there until you run them down with your dad's old Honda Civic. It all seems so... 
avoidable. In that context, anyway. Oh. Oh, there's a metaphor in that, if ever I heard one. A strong one, too. We might even build upon it. Compare... Compare the sun to a pair of headlights, perhaps. They give the situation some flair, if you'll uh, pardon the pun. Something like... At high noon, the sun is more vibrant than any pair of headlights, and the carnage it illumines exponentially more pointless. Bleaching beams shine down from above, blurring the complexity of braided muscle. They wash exposed, curling bone to nihility. Rib-tips strain and plead and reach like broken fingers from the mire of their own organs. And the word murder crosses the young woman's mind, but only because of the birds. There are so many birds, so many, many birds, all with sin-sharp talons and butchery clinging to their beaks. Ooh, I like it. Pretentious. Thanks. I'm a writer. Or I... was. And, uh, how did that work out for you? All right, I guess. I got by. I wasn't kidding, or, you know, exaggerating for the sake of setting a scene or whatever. You've got a sort of driblet clinging to your, um... Here, let me. There. I don't suppose you still want to eat this? Of course I do. Waste not. Right. It's a bit rich, is all. What, raw offal? I don't know, thanks. No, no, what you said before. Your indignation at the idea that I might serve as your judge, jury and executioner. It's a bit rich, given your personal history. I don't want to talk about that. You must be tired. T what? From all this jumping you're doing today, and to so many terrible conclusions at that. Excuse me? I was talking about the deer. You were, I thought, quite judgmental earlier, as you made your cavalier comments about the poor animals you executed with your father's car. Moreover, jokes about allegory aside, it's not like humans do any better under pressure. Oh, yes, well, quite. You'll hear no arguments from me. Humans are probably the dumbest of all. Certainly can't think of any other animal that goes out of its way to make life harder. Mm-hmm. Dumb. At least as dumb as deer. Though, to your credit, far tastier. Really? I'm surprised you can tell the difference at all, given how little meat seems to actually make it into your mouth. <laughs> I really have made a mess of myself, haven't I? Oh, Listen, I realize it's rude to pick between your toes when you're good company, Ermeline, but I've got some tendon wedged between my talons and... Well, smell it. I simply can't be expected to resist. Do you mind? A bit late to be worried about offending my delicate sensibilities, isn't it? Perhaps. I was just trying to be polite. And to be honest, I rather thought my taking care of the issue would be to both of our benefits. But if you would prefer that I sit here covered in viscera, I certainly can. I merely assumed that you might find my doing so 
gratuitous. I don't care. What does your appearance matter? However pretty the bandage, it doesn't change the gangrene. <laughs> what an authorial way to phrase things. Yes. Well... Wait, since we're dropping pretenses... So many lovely things dropping today. Can I ask something potentially stupid? Hmm? What's... I mean, what's going on here, exactly? Is that not obvious? No. But you've been here for all of it. Involved in all of it. Even we haven't been involved in all of it. We got here after you did. Look, it's not that. I can see what's going on, right? The individual pieces of this puzzle make sense. Like, yes, all right, that's a 12-story building, and here below it is a very big mess. And you, you not crows, you scavengers, or whatever, you're just making a feast out of it with impressive enthusiasm. All of that is perfectly obvious, but just because it's obvious doesn't mean it makes sense. Fair enough. Though, what does a lack of sense rule out, really, when everything in life is senseless? Who sounds like the pretentious author now? <laughs> you are what you eat, as they say. Here, what do you think about this? The flat of the stair that the young woman levels her companion has nothing and everything to do with the eyes that have been smashed into the gravel, crushed by the debris. <laughs> Pretty good, yes? You realise that most people would assume this is a dream, right? Something they'd eventually wake up from. <laughs> ah, indeed. As we agreed, dumbest of all you humans, you never cease to amuse me. Or to feed you. Yeah, yeah. You've got a bit of someone else's grey matter mashed into your plumage, just there. Ah, apologies. How distasteful. I actually, strangely, don't mind it. It's... Well, I don't want to say it's comforting. You are very grotesque. Flatterer. But the rest of this place is so... so monochrome? Which I suppose is intentional, isn't it? Some trite metaphor about morality or something along those lines. Something along those lines? <sighs> well, it's atmospheric, I guess. Not exactly creative. They'd never be able to sell a story with an allegory this blatant. Things don't need to be creative to be effective. Other people make millions off of tropes and cliches. They do it all the time. But those are the talented people, I expect. Maybe you could have sold this allegory in one of your stories if you were better at writing. Just to make certain that I'm actually following the story this has become and I'm not jumping to more terrible conclusions. I meant to... what? Sit here? On this bloody pavement? To what point and purpose exactly? To lament? To mourn? To reassess the choices that brought me here and just... stew in my own regret? You have been handed a Promethean fate. 
Such is the traditional punishment for someone who has failed to appreciate their own Promethean fire. Gotcha. I'm starting to suspect that you don't understand the gravity of your situation. Oh, I assure you, no one understands the interplay of gravity and my situation better than me. It wasn't Prometheus eaten by eagles. A flock of eagles in the city would attract far too much attention. Ah, yes. As opposed to a flock of talking crows. Very inconspicuous, that. I told you we aren't crows. Nor were those creatures eagles, for that matter. Yeah? What are you, then? I rather think you know what we are. Well, you're not what I was told to expect by the people who thought I'd burn in hell. But those idiots were wrong about plenty else, so I'm not sure why I'm surprised. Right, so, to clarify, basically, you lot get sloppy seconds on my soul. Is that it? Well, not just yours, but yes, that's the essence of the matter. And that's my... Eternity, you creatures slowly pecking me out of existence. More or less? Really? That's it? That's all there is to this? What more would there be? Ow! Careful with those claws. I can't bleed, but I can still be hurt, apparently. It's really quite simple. Everything needs to eat. From the most insignificant microorganism to the incomprehensible vastness of this entropic oblivion, we are sustained by what we consume. Food gives us life. If you ask me, we scavengers are really being rather benevolent about it all in all. Humans kill the plants and animals that they use to prolong their existence. We, on the other hand, subsist solely on what people no longer desire and so choose to discard. <laughs> solely. Get it? <laughs> oh, you'll wish you were a ghost by the time we're done with you. But I'm afraid there won't be enough of you left. Because we are what we eat. Which, in your case, means life. My life. Precisely. Hmm. Do you know much about taxidermy? Taxidermy? Yeah. The art of preparing and posing dead animals. Taxidermy. <laughs> Is that your idea of a threat? I'll remind you, I am not actually a bird. No, I know. I can... I can quite literally see that. That's why I'm asking. Oh? I don't know much about taxidermy either, so I can't say if this is true or not. But I heard once that good taxidermists used to take little shards of glass and install them behind the eyes of the animals they stuffed. And why would they do that? To create an illusion. 
Whenever light would hit that glass, the animal's eyes would glitter like it was still alive. What does that have to do with anything? I'm not sure. Just an observation. I've never been so close to a... Well, not a bird. I got that, but... There's a... There's a choice to your eyes that made me think of it. Now that I can really see them, now that I'm looking directly into them, it's like they're made of glass. I can see through them, and there's, there's something glittering. There's something behind them. Yes, that tends to be how windows work. Oh. Oh. I think... I think I've almost got it. I think I just about understand. Indeed? Excellent. While I could feasibly sit around and explain things to you indefinitely, I can't say the idea of doing so appeals. The quicker you appreciate your new reality, the sooner we can get on with it. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, of course. Um, but if you don't mind, three more questions? Exactly three? <laughs> On the subject of clichés. Can I ask them or not? Oh, go on then. Thanks. Question one. What do you think this is? I assumed it was a chunk of his stomach at first because of the colour. But its sponginess makes me wonder if it's actually a piece of lung. Because lungs are supposed to be spongy, aren't they? And before you start up again, yes, you're right, it doesn't really matter, but as I said, I was an author. We tend to get stuck on little details like this. That would be liver. Oh, should have guessed. I hear that's the Promethean speciality. Your next question? All right. Question two. Would you like to eat this hunk of liver now, since it's already in my hand, or should I toss it over there with the rest of my innards? Oh, well, I'd just as soon eat it now, if it's all the same to you. Be my guest. Here. And question three. Based on the logic that you offered earlier, what would happen if I ate you? Pardon? See, here's the thing. You're right. <laughs> You're right. You are absolutely right. I did no better under pressure than those deer. I flew too close to the sun and the light of it made me freeze. Even as I burned and... Ugh, damn it, I'm mixing up my illusions. You may have been right about my lack of talent. Whatever. It's not like you can judge having tried so literally to bite the hand feeding you. Or the liver, as it were. But that's not really the point. 
the point is, the point is that hindsight is 2020. Even after you've imploded your own eyes, it seems. I've seen the errors of my way, so to speak, as well as a way out of this. And I'm ready. Ready to make a better decision now. Or at least a different mistake. It would be a mistake. Let me go. Uh, no. You have to. Do I? Do I really? Your life was forfeit. You made your choice. I changed my mind. You don't know what you're doing. You have no right to do this to me. My, you're rather full of yourself, aren't you? As much as you are of me, I'd say. Well then, in that case, do you want to narrate this time, or shall I? Stop! Stop it! The crow thrashes in its fleshy trap. Desperate wings, amongst other things, begin to beat faster and faster, harder and harder. But though its body rises higher and higher, its efforts are futile. It is not by its own volition that the bird lifts into the air. The guillotine moon of the woman's smile glints, growing closer, becoming larger. Her teeth are a silvery reflection of this world's blinding, bleaching light. What do you think I am exactly? What do you think we are? I think that you are alive. There she is. Shh. <coughs> You're all right. It's going to be okay, Miss Burke. Where? Who? I'm Nurse Webber. You're in the hospital. You. Well, you're going to get better. We'll see to it you receive the help you need. I can't see. That would be the bandages. And, well, possibly more than the bandages, to be honest. It was quite the accident you were involved in, I'm afraid. You're lucky to be alive at all. Accident? What sort of... I don't remember. Oh, no, it's all right. Don't force yourself. You'll remember if you remember. In the meantime, worrying will do more harm than good. I may not preach false hope, but there's no reason for pessimism either. You'd be surprised how resilient the human body can be. 
The fractures aren't nearly as bad as the paramedics first reported. It's possible the prognosis for your eyes is similarly positive. We're still waiting to get some tests back, and we won't know the full extent of the damage done by the glass until then. Oh. My mouth tastes like blood? Oh, goodness. Well, I'm not surprised. Let me get you some water while I'm here. Here we go. Steady now. Small sips. Yes, well, we did work rather hard to empty your stomach. No. Oh. <coughs> oh. I'm sorry. Uh. That wasn't a very good joke, was it? We don't need to discuss your full medical history right now, of course, but it would be helpful to know if you've ever seen a mental health specialist about Piker, Miss Burke. Piker? I I don't what is this? Piker is a disorder characterized by the eating of non-food substances. It is usually indicative of nutritional deficiency or mental illness. Yes, exactly. Well then, it sounds to me like you've spoken to someone about this condition. No, never. I, I just know of it from other people. Yeah. Someone whose son had it and... Someone else who studied it before in their life. I see. Well, that's rather to our benefit, isn't it? The more you know, the less you have to listen to me prattle on. Can I assume you're familiar with the procedures you'll be asked to complete? What sort of procedures? Blood tests, urine and stool samples, that sort of thing. To look for zoonotic pathogens or any other parasites or viruses that may have gotten into you. I'm sorry. I know the prospect isn't a pleasant one. <laughs> you might even find yourself thinking, this is all for the birds, yeah? What? But however unpleasant or unnecessary it might feel, it really is best to check. Better safe than sorry, particularly in these sorts of situations. <laughs> oh, that's that's right. That, that's that's right. I I ate them. I ate them, and everything that was inside them. All that roadkill. Those not crows. Well, they weren't chicken either, whatever they were. The chicken must have been crossing a different road today. Oh, Jesus Christ, no. I've had enough terrible jokes to last me a lifetime. <laughs> oh, come on now. Laughter is the best medicine, they say. 
Yeah, well, another name for bad medicine is poison. Fine, fine, I'll stop. I'd hate to poison you. Maybe you should. Maybe that would be for the best. Well, that strikes me as a bit counterproductive, given how hard we've been working to save you. Why would you even suggest that? Do you know how humans first contracted bird flu? I do. But even if the birds you ate were infected... That's not it. It's not bird flu. They... I told you, those weren't birds. Well, whatever the case, we'll know more soon. You will. You're certain they weren't birds, though? That's worth passing along to the doctors, if so. The more you can tell us, the more efficiently we can help you. Do you happen to remember anything else? I remember all of it now. More than all of it. More than I should. Well, let's leave it at that, shall we? For the moment, anyway. We can talk more later, after you've had some time to recover. You've had quite the day, after all. Hmm. I was jotting down some blood pressure readings and the like when you woke up. My plan had been to change your bandages after I was done, but we can put that off for a bit longer if you'd rather rest. I'd rather eat. I'm afraid that's not a choice. Not yet. Bandages. Now, please. All right, then. I remember there used to be deer in my hometown. Mm-hmm. I thought they must be suicidal because of the way they'd freeze up in the headlights of cars. I figured they must be stupid, the way the, the mere threat of something bigger and stronger and brighter approaching was enough to stop them cold. Their deaths could have been so easily avoided. All they had to do was walk away. What? What? Oh. All you have to do is walk away. Good God, that's... That's not possible. What's happened to your eyes? You know that expression, you are what you eat. I've never really thought about it before today, but it's a bit misleading, isn't it? Because that, that whole process, it changes things. It changes everything. You can't be what you eat. Not exactly. Because the act of eating transformed both the one who eats and the one who is eaten. It's a metamorphosis for both parties. For everyone. You see? I... 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 I can't... I don't... 
Well, that's all right. You'll understand soon enough. <gasps> what are you? Patient Zero, I expect. OTR Volume 14 has been proud to present Zoonotic by writer-slash-documentarian L.B. Waltz. This episode has been produced for BBC Radio 4 and something called the No Sleep Podcast by Jesse Cornett. Zoonotic featured Erica Sanderson as Ernaline Burke, David Alt as The Crow, and James Cleveland as Nurse Webber. The musical score was composed by Brandon Boone. I've been your host for Ornithology Taught Rationally, Volume 14, Forsyth Mercer. Thank you for supporting our efforts. Your patronage is most appreciated. Until next time, spread your wings and fly. This audio program is copyright 2023 by Creative Reason Media Inc. All rights reserved. The copyright for Zoonotic is held by L.B. Waltz. No duplication or reproduction of this audio program is permitted without the written consent of Creative Reason Media Inc.